Gil, how many touchdowns do you think were scored inside the five-yard line last year in the NFL? What I will start, do you think, is at 100-plus? 100-plus inside? Inside the five. Well, I know we were. Uh, it was a career or, or a league high in touchdowns scored last year. It's the most touchdowns ever scored in a single football season. That being said, I still think it was less than a hundred inside the five yard line. Six hundred and twenty-eight touchdowns were scored inside the five yard line in twenty twenty. So please. Go get some of those touchdowns during draft season this year. Welcome into the Ziggy and Steel Show. I am your host, Zig. I'm joined with my man Dalton and Steel. We we are here. Season is right around the corner, and drafts are just firing up all over the place. How you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling excellent. I've got four drafts down. Draft number five coming tomorrow. Oh, man. Well, you got five. I only have two, which are both this coming weekend here. So I thought that we should probably get some practice in because it's not like we've been doing any mock drafts over the summer at 7 a.m. But definitely not. I don't know what you're talking about. But officially on record, you know, we should definitely do a final mock draft. And that's what we want to bring to you guys today. Yeah, yeah. Part to. of uh, part of the absence of mock drafts actually in our repertoire is because of a little special we've got going called the ZNS sessions. If you guys haven't checked that out, I suggest you do. It's our deep dive into thirty players in the NFL landscape. We gave you some statistical analysis, a little bit of this or that, and whether we like them and are even drafting them ourselves this year or not. Yeah, so definitely we want to see how that's playing out, how that's playing out here in these mocks and. I don't know. I'm just really excited to get into this last one. I'm getting kind of nervous, though. Honestly, it, it happens every year where you prepare so much and then it's finally here and you're just like, oh, I'm on the board. So I was actually talking to someone about this uh, at one of my previous drafts because he was one of those guys. Oh, I haven't really done any studying. I haven't done this. And then, of course, I threw out there. Well, I'm doing this whole podcast. Yeah, yeah, yada. So he's like, oh, you're probably going to just destroy me this year i was like ah honestly there's a such thing as too much information i mean do you do you ever have that like we've done so much studying and so much in-depth look at these guys do you feel like sometimes when you're on the clock you're just looking like i like all these guys i it's it you know do you know what i mean it's just there's so much going on there well i think in that similar vein i think sometimes i get a little tunnel vision where i'll look at the same kind of guys falling in certain spots in mock drafts throughout the summer and the early fall and that once you actually get onto the actual clock you're working with you know in this case 11 other live humans than just you know a couple of your friends and some ai drafting so the emotion that goes into some of your league mates picking players around you really can pivot your draft strategy so i think making sure that you're not tunnel vision into a certain way that the board you you think the board's going to fall is really the key to success and and i will say before we kick off this mock draft something everyone should keep an eye out for saquon barkley is falling a lot of people do not want to take that risk understandably so but he fell to about the back of the second round in one of my previous drafts this week. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, you kind of have to start to consider him as a value. Uh, he's trending towards playing week one. And even if he's not, you're talking about everyone loves the Saquon talent. This is a guy you're getting in the second round. If he comes back like he was before, you're going to look like a genius when you get him in that second round. Yeah, absolutely. And I would probably say everyone do do some research on maybe three or four players you haven't even thought about this whole draft season and guys that you really were out on and see how comfortable would you be taking them if they're on the clock. I think that's really a good practice in looking at the board as a whole and not, again, pigeonholing yourself into just a couple of picks per round. Right. And, you know, maybe take a poke at those ENS sessions. Maybe there is a guy in there that you're like, you know what? I want to hear a little bit more about this guy and see if I should draft him this year or not. You got that right. But enough plugging our own shows. Go check that out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts here. But we are here today to kick off this mock draft. And we are looking at a 
PPR here, full point PPR, 12 team mock. Uh, you have taken the first pick, and I have taken the ninth pick here. Any reason why you're looking at uh, 101? So I have my final draft tomorrow. I lucked out and I pulled the number one overall pick. Great mm-hmm. stuff, right? 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 No. Okay. I don't have a first round pick. Hmm. So I have not only am I going to miss out on Christian McCaffrey, I have to wait until basically the third round to make my pick. You know, it's the 212 is my first pick. So um, I really want to see what guys are going around here and what I'm going to have to look for. This is also a single keeper league where we have lost the uh, round pick of the guy we are keeping. So I have Antonio Gibson in the ninth. I'm going to be working with a little bit of value, so I need to see what I can do to propel myself to another championship because I am going to go back-to-back in this league. So I'm glad that you brought up the keeper aspect because I'm just joining into a keeper league myself. And so if you can give one piece of advice uh, going into drafts for people that are in keeper leagues, what would it be? Hmm. Um, don't be afraid to reach on guys that you want, especially if this is a guy you think that can propel himself to a first and second round talent. Speaking directly towards uh, Antonio Gibson, my last two years in this league, I have had Antonio Gibson this year in the ninth round as a keeper. And last year, again, with no first round pick, I had Mark Andrews in the 11th. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely going to want to um, find guys that you can keep for a value next year. But on top of that, don't think too much about that. Don't get wrapped up in it because maybe there's a rule for waiver wire uh, pickups and maybe you get a guy there who you can keep in the fifth round for that league. But it's going to be mainly to watch for those values that are falling. Like I mentioned, Saquon Barkley going in the second round. If he comes back to uh, form this year, you're talking about a top 12 running back you're getting in the second round for your keeper league next year. Fair enough. Um, and in this draft, I am pick nine just because I'm pick nine. So it's good to get started off here. And I, I, hey, I'm ready for it. Off. All right. So you so, are on the clock, sir. Yeah. So I think uh, it's kind of a no brainer here. I'm not going to get to make this pick tomorrow. But taking him off the board is going to give me a better representation of what will be available for me tomorrow. So obviously, we're just going to take CMC right off the board at the 101 and let it roll. So we see Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. I think a lot of people are, again, getting comfortable with Saquon Barkley being in this top five. Um, But I would take Henry and Kamara over Barkley at this juncture. Maybe even Zeke Elliott, who went six. Tyreek Hill, first receiver off the board, seven. Jonathan Taylor, eight. And I am on the board here. Now, I've always thought about coming back around and seeing, you know, I'm looking at 10, 11, 12, and I get a, I have to look at six picks here. And you really have to guess what those six picks are going to be. So I'm going to play it safe here, and I like Nick Chubb. I've always kind of banked on his production there, and I think he's going to be just fine anchoring my team. After that, we see Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones to round up the first round, Patrick Mahomes at the 201, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, and it's back to me. At this point... Was there, could I ask you real quick, was there any reason you decided not to go for a Devontae Adams or Travis Kelsey there? Um, I, not a big reason. I was thinking Kelsey just to get that positional advantage, but I think that I wanted to start off with a running back because I was not confident in what was going to happen coming back around. And so I wanted to be kind of sure to anchor my team this way. And now I feel like I can get another top five receiver here at the top of the second here, and that's going to be Stephon Diggs. Right, right. I just feel um, something I've tried to go into drafts with this year is, you know, if the running backs I want aren't there, 
then mm-hmm. I'm not going to reach to get a guy because I want that anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Kelsey, to me, is a fine enough anchor. You only start one tight end, but this guy's been dominating the league and the top tight end score for the past four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where my head's at in these drafts. When, if Especially if I'm picking where you're at, I want to take the best available guy. Right. So after you take Stefan Diggs, we see Calvin Ridley go off the board at the 205. Then we have Najee Harris, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Antonio Gibson, AJ Brown, and George Kittle. So now that I am on the clock with two picks and something about these turn picks, you got to keep in mind, you aren't picking for another 20 picks, 20 plus picks. So reaching here is acceptable, but it's got to be the right move. You want to make sure if you're going to reach that it's someone who's secure in their workload and opportunity. So for me, I think the easiest uh, spot to go here is to just take a tight end. And uh, I think I'm going to just take Darren Waller off the board here uh, with my first pick. And then from there, decide between the best running backs and wide receivers on the board. So Waller has come off the board. Now looking at receiver, we've got Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, and Al Robinson, four guys that I absolutely love. And looking at running back, we've got Clyde, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, uh, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, some guys I like, but I don't think they're necessarily the guys I want to anchor my team. So I'm going to go a little off the uh, outside of the norm here, and we're going to grab Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen's upside this year as the number one in this offense. I know there's been talk about Mike Williams taking that role. Keenan Allen, he's secure. He's going to get the catches. He's going to get the work, and I think Justin Herbert loves the guy. So uh to start off i'm gonna go cmc darren waller and keenan allen very nice and we see clyde go right after that at the 302 josh allen justin jefferson terry mclaurin deandre swift miles sanders and allen robinson at the 308 if allen robinson would have just fell to me that would have been a great pick i do like mike evans here but i have a uh have an idea of what I kind of want to do coming back around. I'm going to look at running back. There are two that I really like here, and that's Chris Carson and David Montgomery. I think Carson is in line for another heavy workload. We've talked about in the offseason how Pete Carroll wanted to get back to running the ball. Rashad Penny doesn't seem like he's going to be that much of a threat, and they also want to ease him in coming back from his injuries. David Montgomery... I don't believe it's going to be a timeshare. I think he is going to get a lot of the rock. And only, I think, Justin Fields, once he gets in, will be the guy to help them to open up run lanes for Dave Montgomery. I know the offensive line's been poor in Chicago right now, but I think that the sooner that Justin Fields get in, the faster this whole offense gets a boost. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I too I too believe that Montgomery kind of has a chance to be a league winner again this season. I think that Justin Fields is going to come in and this team is going to start to gel a little more down the stretch and you know maybe he won't have as strong as a finish to the season, but I think David Montgomery is going to be able to do a lot for fantasy teams and specifically if he's your RB1 or 2, I think he's a fine choice in that position. I think that's where you'll find most of his scoring is going to settle throughout the season. Is between an RB1 and 2. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think they just got to get him catching the ball a little bit more out the backfield and I'll be very comfortable with that, but to have Dave Montgomery as my RB2 with that top 12 upside, I'm very happy with that. I agree. So now After Montgomery goes, Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson, Kyle Pitts round out the third round here. Mike Evans goes at the top of the fourth. Kyler Murray, Julio Jones, and now it's back to me. There are a few receivers that I like here. Uh, I could definitely round out my running back room and not have to worry about running back for the rest of the draft essentially so you know what i think for purposes of this mock draft 
I'm actually going to take a receiver that I have not taken in a lot of drafts, but I do feel confident about. I think that his workload is still going to be there, even with the emergence of a certain number two receiver. So I'm going to take Amari Cooper here. Okay. Yeah, I do think that he's still going to be the number one. He's only into his second year of his $100 million deal. They're going to get him the ball first and foremost and early and often as well. So I'm here for Amari Cooper getting those downfield threats, downfield throws, and putting up some league-winning or week-winning performances. So after Amari Cooper, we see James Robinson, Lamar Jackson, CeeDee Lamb, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup at the 409, Mm. Kareem Hunt, and Chris Godwin to round out, or at the 411. And so now we're back to you. I was really hoping Cooper Cup was going to make it. I want to get a piece of that Rams offense this draft season whether it be Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. Um, I, I've kind of had a man crush on Cooper Cup since he entered the league. Him and Goff had a nice connection there, and I think Stafford can continue that. Uh, but in terms of my team, I feel like I need to lock down two, re- two running backs here, and two of the guys dropped that I wanted. And the first one, you can check out a uh, another episode that Ziggy and I have put together on him. Uh, and that would be Miles Gaskin. We put together a ZNS session, uh, talked about his workload and how safe he's going to be this upcoming season because Dolphins did not bring anyone else in to compete. Uh, they showed a willingness to give him the ball in a lot of important stretches last season, and I think that's going to continue. Maybe he'll get spelled a little bit with Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed. But for me, uh, Miles Gaskin becomes a very safe pick right here. So, Miles Gaskin going to come off the board, and I've actually got my second pick ready here. Now I know there's a lot of um, hesitance. <clears throat> I know there's a lot of hesitancy with this player, but I still love the big play potent- potential. I love what he can do on a week in and week out basis, and when he's healthy, he is going to score, and that is going to be Raheem Mostert running back for the San Francisco 49ers. I understand the Trey Sermon hype. I get it. I can get behind it as well, but I've seen what Mark uh, Mark Andrews just went off the board, so I was thinking him. I've seen what Raheem Mostert can do in this offense, and I like it, and the big play potential is there on a week-to-week basis as long as he is on the field. Um, you didn't have any thoughts on or any yeah, any thoughts on Gus Edwards, Chase Edmonds, even uh Javante Williams, knowing that you have McCaffrey and Gaskin, you might be able to wait on a Javante Williams to kind of take hold of the Denver backfield. Any thoughts on those guys? Um Yeah, and for myself and my current running back situation, and I keep looking at this and forgetting I have Christian McCaffrey in this mock draft, so I think a lot of my thoughts for tomorrow's draft with me not having a first-round pick are in the back of my head. Sure. So Miles Gaskin, I talked about the workload. He's a safe pick, and then Raheem Mostert with the big play potential. Uh, having them two as my—I'm going to talk about them as if they're my only two running backs— I didn't want to bring a rookie in in Javante Williams and have to wait on him. Um, Gus Edwards, he's going to slide into that RB1 spot. But Lamar Jackson, we know what he does in that offense. So uh, there's going to be a little bit of touchdown variance between the backs on that team. And then Chase Edmonds, um, James Conner could still be the goal line back in that offense. So I just didn't want to take that chance. I know Raheem Mostert's job is safe, and I know the same with Miles Gaskin. So looking at my team as if CMC isn't there, having Darren Waller, Keenan Allen, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, um, it it makes me feel a little more comfortable about what their output can be on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And Mostert, you know, he's part of a very potent rushing attack. And so I think that you at least will get a few weeks out of him, you know, when he is on the field where he can take, you know, kind of an inside run and break it for about 30, 40 yards. And so 
That's what fantasy football is all about, having a little fun and watching guys just rip off long runs. So I think Raheem Mostert's a fine RB2 pick. Thank you, sir. After him, though, we have DJ Moore, Robert Woods, and Tyler Lockett. Good trio of receivers there. Um, Russell Wilson, Mark Andrews, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson at the 508. So now I am back on the clock. Mark Andrews would have been a very nice tight end to be here. Uh, I think he is going to have a big season, especially in PPR formats. So I have two running backs, two receivers. I really can go whichever way I want. As I was talking about these running backs, the one that I'm most comfortable with is Gus Edwards. But looking at the receivers, there's a few here that I can justify putting on my roster as my flex. So it's all about how risky you want to be. So in this sense, I want to take Gus Edwards because he, in this group of running backs, he is the guy that I think has the best path to the most touches and fantasy is all about opportunities. So I will take Gus here. When you saw that Mark Andrews and then um, say TJ Hawkinson would have still been on the board. Would mm. you have still looked at tight ends or when you saw Andrews go, were you just done with tight ends at that point for nah, this pick? I would have thought about TJ Hawkinson because he is a very talented player who is going into year three and year three for tight ends is an absolute gold mine for a breakout in an offense where you can't trust any of the other receivers outside of Tyrell Williams, who's usually hurt. Right. And DeAndre Swift, you would think he'd get the ball more, but he, you know, Coach Dan Campbell just is a little worried about his uh, his conditioning going into week one. So who else are they going to throw the ball down the field to? And this Lions team is not going to keep teams out of the end zone on the other side of the ball, so they're going to have to throw a lot. So Ooh. I'm here for TJ Hawkinson if you – if he was there, I think I'd still be a little, I'd be comfortable with him. Um, but instead, I took Gus Edwards. We see J- Justin Herbert go, and then five receivers uh, Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay, Brandon Ayuk, and Juju Smith Schuster. Knew the receiver run was going to happen here looking at the teams around me. Uh, they kind of stocked up on running backs and tight ends before. So now I'm at receiver. And I think it's just going for who do you think is going to have the breakout. Um, I think T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Chase Claypool are all fine breakout candidates. Michael Thomas, if I already had kind of a more explosive receiving room, then I might sit sit on Michael Thomas and see if I can get uh, some value for him when he comes back in October slash November. But I'm going to take the hometown kid. I'm going to take Devontae Smith because, you know, he is an excellent route runner already. The routes he was running in some of these preseason games and limited preseason time got me all excited. So That's who I wanted. I am going to go with Devontae Smith. He's going to be the number one in this offense. And let's see what Nick Sirianni can do with his new weapon. So after Devontae, we do see Michael Thomas go. Then we see Javante Williams, Dak Prescott, Chase Edmonds, Odell Beckham, and T. Higgins. And then that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. So I'm now, really upset that uh, you didn't let Devonta Smith fall to me. You could have just let him come. Um, well, there were a lot of receivers that went in that round, so I'm not sure if you would have gotten him if it wasn't for me. So you should be happy that a man can he hope. goes to. I know, but can't you be happy for for your Eagles fan over here? I am very happy for you. I hope he has a breakout year. All right, cool. So where where (laughs) are we? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So where are we at? Where are you looking at? Um, So I got a few options here. I was uh, double running back was in my head. Uh, I had two guys I was thinking of going out and getting and just kind of washing my hands of the position and – I think I'm going to do that. I am going to get rid of the worry of Trey Sermon, and I'm just going to draft him. 
I'm going to take that backup, something I normally won't do in a draft, but because of the potential of Trey Sermon to come in and Mostert's injury history, I'd rather just be able to, one, lock up my running back position here, and two, just get that handcuff, and I do not have to worry about Raheem Mostert or the 49ers running back room uh, the rest of the season. So Trey Sermon coming off the board. And uh, this next pick is just a guy who has fallen into a greater workload uh, in his team. It's another pick that I usually would stay away from because New England running backs are just a headache. But I like Damian Harris. I like his potential. So we're going to go ahead and grab Damian Harris right here. And my running backs are set. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I was not expecting Trey Sermon to come all the way back to you. Yeah. So that is a great pick. Especially if you do have Mostert, I think you just locked up that backfield. One of it's, it's a top five rushing backfield in terms of attempts. So right, and definitely... I didn't want to. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> That's okay. We see Mike Davis, Chase Claypool, Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, and DJ Chark at the seven oh six, and then Noah Fant and Benjamin Button himself, Tom Brady, goes one pick before I was ready to take him. This is about the time that in the seventh round I would start peeking at quarterback, especially how this draft has fallen and some of the quarterbacks are going a little bit earlier than anticipated. So I'm looking at the teams around me. They have already taken their quarterback, so I can hold off for one pick here and get a quarterback on the way around. I think the only logical position here would be at receiver just especially in ppr formats i think you want to you know, kind of round out that receiver room as quickly as you can in my opinion um, i i'm looking at the tight ends there's not too many i like so i'm just gonna go with robbie anderson i think he will have a nice year two with his you know, former quarterback, now current quarterback, Sam Darnold. And week one is against the Jets. So I like to see a nice little revenge game, Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold connecting for a couple of touchdowns right off the bat. So let's, uh, can you, if you want to pause the draft real quick, let's talk about your receiver room real quick. Because I actually, you know, you uh, you grabbed Stefan Diggs. Obviously, you know about that workload. You know Josh Allen loves this guy. Perfect. Amari Cooper, the guy who could be the number one in this offense. And then you grab Devonta Smith, who is projected the number one in this offense. And Robbie Anderson, a guy who just got an extension. He's got the connection with Sam Darnold. I really like what you've put together here receiver-wise. Uh, Devonta Smith is actually a guy I have been targeting heavily because mm-hmm. I think where he's going – the ability to get a wide receiver one there, a potential wide receiver one, is uh-huh. important. Um, and you've locked down three of them. And Robbie Anderson, a guy who is a boom bust, he's one of those guys who needs one play a game and he could – you're set. So um, I really like what you've done here receiver-wise, even after missing out on Allen Robinson, uh, who you said you would have liked to have with Stefan Diggs, you came right back around and got Amari Cooper. So uh, good job by you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, so I am looking, while you were talking there, I was just looking through the draft and seeing what everybody else has done around me and seeing if I can take another risk at the quarterback position, which I am ultimately deciding to do. Oh, So after Robbie Anderson... To catch you guys up, I have Debo Samuel at the 7-10, Jalen Waddle and Leonard Fournette to round out the seventh round. Cortland Sutton, the Rams defense, Dallas Goddard and as the first three picks in the eighth round. So brings it back to me. Again, I'm going to take, take a risk and see how the draft sits. I do like guys like Brandon Cooks, LaVisca Chenault, Antonio Brown. I like all of those guys. Running back is not starting to thin out already. So if you are looking around this time, I think you should uh, 
really start to round out your running back room unless you feel comfortable with some uh, late-round flyers. But I'm going to go with a guy who I liked early. I came off of him a little bit during the preseason, and now I'm right back on him. And that's Trevor Lawrence. My doppelganger? Uh, Yeah, your doppelganger, Trevor (laughs) Lawrence. Florida boy himself. I think that he is going to throw a lot, i.e. Joe Burrow last year. I think getting him at this value is a nice pick, and they're going. They're not benching him. Gardner Minshew's gone now. He's yep. going to be the guy, for better or for worse, his sickness and in health. They're going to be throwing the ball to catch up, and he's going to be running for touchdowns as well. So I like Trevor Lawrence at this pick here. I do too. I like the ability that he has uh, to propel this team to maybe not necessarily a winning team in his first year, but a team that's going to look good, maybe put some points up and show some promise in the years to come. Right now, Jacksonville's defense isn't great, so they're not going to be in games, meaning they're going to need to pass a lot. And I like Trevor Lawrence for that. And I the only questions really about the Jaguars I have right now are just Urban Meyer as a head coach and what that offense will really look like in the regular season. But I think Lawrence is a great pick here, especially like I said, you had the opportunity to kind of go and do what you wanted. So now, uh, did you recap the picks before me? I can read those off real quick. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So after you take Trevor Lawrence, we have Michael Carter coming off the board at the 805, followed by Ronald Jones, Jarvis Landry, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Kosicki, Robert Tanyan, and then Brandon Cooks. And we are back to me at the turn. Um, I currently have five running backs on roster for counting CMC. So I got Christian McCaffrey, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, and Damian Harris, Darren Waller at tight end, and only one receiver. So that obviously puts me at a point where I need to be looking for a receiver because I am set at tight end. I am set at running back quarterback. I could look for, but um, I'm not really looking to go after these guys on the board right now. I'd rather wait. So I'm actually going to grab, Two, I already got two guys here that I'm going to grab. So first one, uh, Tom Brady's roommate. I've said I've wanted these guys to have a sitcom for a year, and that's going to be Antonio Brown. I'm going to take him off the board. I think there's going to be a lot of spreading the ball around in Tampa, but Antonio Brown, the talent, you just can't ignore it. And uh, I think Tom Brady likes this guy, and he might have a, a really great season. might look like the Antonio Brown of old. So I like the value there, and I'm going to go to a team that a lot of people might be afraid of, but this guy could be the number one. Otherwise, he'll be a great PPR value, and that's going to be Corey Davis from the Jets. Mm. So right there, I lock up all three receivers, and I'm feeling a little better. That's good. I I like that pick, Corey Davis and Antonio Brown. Uh, Brown is good for a good couple of catches a game, three or four catches. You know he catches everything. His route running is still elite if you didn't watch this guy last year when he came when he signed with tampa and Corey davis as well he is probably the last number one receiver bona fide number one receiver on the board so i think zach wilson if he's somewhat decent he's going to get the ball to Corey davis and you i always like when uh when you follow the money so they paid Corey davis they gave him the bag so they will definitely use him i just wanted to say yeah once once i got to that point we're talking about the eight and ninth round here um, I only had one receiver, so I had to find value somewhere. I saw Will Fuller sitting there, and it looked enticing. But for me, only having one receiver on the board, uh, I really wasn't looking to take a guy with boom-bust potential and already a week one suspension. I needed guys who were going to be out there and playing right away. I think, Corey and da- I think Corey Davis and Antonio Brown have a good chance to return on that value. So... We see the Buccaneers defense, Tyler Boyd, Matt Stafford, Jalen Hurts, LaVisca Chenault, the Washington defense, and Ryan Tannehill go at the 908. So we're back on the clock. And by we, I mean me. And I'd like to get my fourth running back here. And I'll Uh-oh. make this very simple. I think A.J. Dillon is the best running back on the board still. 
Wow, I, easy. He is, yeah, it was very easy for me. I think that he was a guy that is walking into Jamal Williams' role and has the chance to take on entire workloads if needed. After AJ Dillon, Logan Thomas, who I quick on him, I do like him in drafts as well. Um, that was tough. It was between the two. So Logan Thomas, James Conner, the Ravens defense, Joe Burrow, Kenyon Drake, and Will Fuller goes at the top of the tenth round here. So now, are you looking to- defense here? Even if it was your regular home draft, are you mm-hmm. are you thinking about defense after seeing the Bucks, the football team, and the Rams come off, and the Ravens? Yeah, because I have grabbed the Ravens defense in a few drafts, and so I do need to start gauging when that cutoff is going to be. I will start peaking there. It's not a it's not a bad idea. I don't blame people for you know taking their defenses as high as they do because you can have a 2015 Broncos or a 2013 Seahawks. Like those those things can happen. And so it's We're just huge... going to act like the Jaguars of 2016 weren't there. Ooh, the 2016 Jags is another one. So there's huge implications to grabbing a defense that ends up scoring almost a touchdown a week. So that's I don't have a problem with that. But here, I still need a tight end, and there is a couple on the board. Talked about Irv Smith a little bit in the sessions. Um, Hunter Henry is still working through an injury, but I don't think Hunter Henry is the best tight end on his team. I think it is Jonu Smith, a guy that I've been taking over the last couple years. I just think that he's going to be good, and Belichick has has a plan for him and Mac Jones will get him the ball early and John Smith can do a lot after the catch. For all that talk at the beginning of the show about uh touchdowns inside the five, John Smith will be that guy if they're not running the ball with Ramondre Stevenson. Agreed. Agreed. So after Johnu, we see Michael Pittman, Zach Moss, Tyler Higby, the Niners and Steelers defenses, David Johnson and Hollywood Brown go at the 10-11. So we are at the bottom of the 10th round and the top of the 11th round. What do you think in here? So I've had this plotted out. I think I've done this in nearly every real draft that I have done. Uh, I'm going to start it, which is this is going to be weird, but I know I'm not going to get this man if I don't take him now. I'm going to take Justin Fields off the board. I think... Even though he's not starting week one, I will find someone with a bad week one matchup or stream the position until Justin Fields is out there. Uh, there's, you know, there can be a little hesitancy with Bears quarterbacks, but I like his potential, man. And I've taken him in a lot of drafts this year. So he's coming off. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, this man can do a little linking up with the receiver I'm about to take off the board because we saw this man. We saw him get open a lot last year. We also saw him get overthrown and underthrown, and I'm talking about Darnell Mooney. Uh, Hopefully that's a nice little connection I can have during the season. I already have my running back position locked up. Uh, Wide receiver feeling a little better about. I just need to grab uh, a starting quarterback and – Fill out my roster from there with bench spots. Very nice. Very nice. And so, yeah, we are looking at bench spots here. Uh, maybe I would take a defense at this point. Now I'm seeing that some kickers are falling off the board here. Uh, we've seen a couple of receivers, a couple of running backs, three kickers in a row go off. So I might look here at the Cleveland Browns defense, who's going to be my top five defense, I think, this year. So they will be... Very, very good. And so I will take them here, and I'm going to come back around and pick up Elijah Moore. I think he has potential to explode in this Jets offense as well as the number two, maybe even take over over Corey Davis in the future. And I think for a dynasty perspective, he's a guy that I can definitely keep next year and be happy with uh, you know, paying only a double-digit round price for. Uh, well, just because I finally unmuted, it looks like Saquon is looking good for week one now. So not a bad amount of news to drop during our mock draft. Um, 
Elijah Moore, though, I love the pick. You know, I drafted Corey Davis, and I think even if Elijah Moore takes over as a number one in that offense, Corey Davis still has a good enough PPR floor that he's going to remain serviceable. So after you take Elijah Moore, we see Jamal Williams, Irv Smith, Buffalo Bills defense, Jason Sanders, Rodrigo Blankenship, the Indianapolis Colts defense, and Tony Pollard. And we are back to me. And, uh, yeah, man, it got me feeling like I should be looking defense. But mm, I am going to actually take another receiver here. I'm going to take Marquez Callaway from New Orleans. I like his upside for early in the season. I already talked about my lack of receiver and, you know, drafting guys like Antonio Brown and Corey Davis. Marquez Callaway right now is going to be a clear-cut leader for the receiving group in New Orleans, and I think that's a great way for me to add value this late in the draft. Uh, Looking elsewhere, it is not as fun. So I'm just going to secure my defense and a defense I've been high on all offseason since uh, they've got a lot of returning players. These guys spent a ton of money on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in free agency. And I'm talking about the Patriots. Yeah, their guys are coming back, so that's good. Um, yeah. Patriots defense will be right back where they were. Maybe not in 2019, but they will be very close to it. Marvin Jones, Bill Lindsay, Hunter Henry, Devontae Parker, Deshaun Watson. I don't know why that is still happening because it doesn't look like he's going to play. And uh, Trey Lance and Sonya Michelle here go at the 1308 here. So I'm back on the clock. Just peeking at receiver. That. There's just peeking at receiver. There's really not anybody that I want to jump out at, which is fine. I think I would go get my backup tight end just in case uh, Johnny Smith doesn't work out for me. And a guy that I'm starting to warm up to a little bit is Austin Hooper. I think that he is going to have a more expanded role. I think we forgot what this man did a couple of years ago, even the years prior to that, where he was still consistent tight end. Ball the bag. I think that last year was just a little erratic in him turning going into a new offense, and so I think that his role will expand this year, and he will be a nice tight end to play, a spot tight end play. No so, interest in your boy, Zach Ertz? Not at the moment. I think Zach Ertz has had a great training camp and a preseason, and he's going to have a role in this offense, but I just think that it's a low-value passing offense, and I, if I'm going to do it, I'd rather take the clear number one than a guy that's going to be in a clear timeshare. I think as a backup, though, and a guy who's been thrown around the trade rumors for the past year, I think he holds a lot of value as a backup if you can afford that roster space. I feel like he's going undrafted a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and um, he this is a guy who could turn an offense around when he enters in. You know, the Buffalo Bills, you talked about them having a Zach Ertz-size hole. I know they've got Dawson, <clears throat> I know they've got Dawson Knox. They have Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs there. Zach Ertz would be a pretty nice middle-of-the-field threat for Josh Allen there. Yeah, no, it's not a, not a bad idea, especially if you take like a tight end early and say, I'm just going to take Zach Ertz for my last pick and see right. if he, he can get traded and become a starting tight end, a top-10 yeah. tight end. He's still a top-10 tight end in terms of right. his play, I think. So I would, I would definitely agree with you. If you uh, took a tight end early, you could afford to have a second one in your roster, then... Dackerts is a guy that you can look at and hopefully he gets moved into a better situation. Right. So it's for someone like me who took Waller up there in the early rounds, that's where um I I'm the type of person who should be looking at a guy like Ertz as a backup when I have one of those secure top tier tight ends. Yeah. Definitely agree there. So we see Chuba, Evan Ingram, Russell Gage, Jared Cook, Mason Crosby, and the Broncos defense go here. So I have three picks left in the 14th round now. I was going to get my kicker. There's no analysis needed. Just going to be Jason Myers. <laughs> no analysis needed whatsoever. Uh, you're just hoping that your kicker doesn't get hurt. You're telling me you have no hard-hitting analysis on kickers, the most important position in fantasy football? Maybe next year. That <laughs> sessions. <laughs> I think we need to do a Harrison Butker session. 
Oh, all right. I'm on the clock. Um, I'm probably just going to shoot for kicker with my last pick. Um, try and grab some depth, high upside guys at running back and wide receiver. I'm going to see what tight ends are there. And you know what? I, uh, Zach Ertz is there, so I could look at that. Um, some of the receivers here aren't necessarily. Yeah, you're just picking out of, you know, whatever's left. So, yeah. And I've already, you got Stefan Diggs. So I'm going to take the man opposite him and I'm actually going to grab Gabriel. Gabriel Davis, uh, for those who don't know, he played at UCF. I am a big Florida fan, and I actually really, really like his upside in this Bills offense this year. His second year, I think he's going to kind of turn some heads. Uh, And then we're going to grab an extra running back. I'm going to grab a guy I've grabbed in every draft, just someone else. I uh, It's also going to be a handcuff for me in a way, and that's going to be Ramondre Stevenson since I have Damian Harris. I've talked up Ramondre Stevenson all summer, and I will continue to do it into drafts, and I'll keep drafting him. So, Ramondre Stevenson off the board. I just got to grab a kicker. Very, very nice. So, we see Ertz, Kirk Cousins, Alexander Madison, Rashad Bateman, Kenny Gainwell, Amra St. Brown, and Raheem Moore. Rondell Moore, excuse me. Raheem Moore is a former coach. I was going to say, yeah. For the Rondo. Arizona Cardinals. Or yeah. for the, yeah, for the Arizona. So I'm back here. Two more picks here. I was hoping Gainwell will come here. I think he's going to carve out a nice little role in this Eagles pass offense. I think they have some very, very high hopes for him. I'm going to grab Terrace Marshall. I think he is my Robbie Anderson handcuff in a way that if Robbie or DJ Moore miss time, Terrace Marshall is going to step in here and be a solid contributor for this Panthers offense. And coming back around with my last pick, I can back up uh, back up my quarterback, which is where I'm turning since these rosters are so deep. There's not uh, any other guy that I really want to that really jumps out to me. I already have two tight ends here, so let's take uh, let's take Ryan Fitzpatrick here, and let's see what happens with uh, him and the Washington offense this year. All right, so last pick. What do you got? So I said I was going to get a kicker. Mm. Um, the problem is I only have Justin Fields as my quarterback. That could create some problems in Week One for me. So, Very true. um, this is actually a nice little important note, though. If you draft in a format that you don't have to draft a complete roster, whether that be leaving out defense, leaving out kicker, whatever it may be. If you can do that, do it. I drafted in ESPN a few times, and I like to leave my kicker till last in those. Well, if you do their draft on their platform, I only had kickers left to fill my roster, and that's all they let me pick. I couldn't go draft another running back, another kicker, another whatever. Uh, So I've got to grab my quarterback here. Uh, I got to get someone to start week one. And right now, this is where I would look at who they're playing week one. You know, Tua, you know, he's playing the Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger, I believe he's got a good matchup. Um, Mac Jones, who just got named the starter, he's taken on Miami week one. A little tough of a defense. So I'm actually just going to grab Zach Wilson playing the Panthers. I don't really... I don't think this is the greatest strategic pick, but I'm not going to sit here and read off every week one matchup uh, while we're in the middle of a mock draft. So we're going to grab this, the rookie Zach Wilson, and um, that's going to round out my draft. I've got two rookie quarterbacks. Not the best way to go about it, but these this is why you need to write down your team and constantly be looking at your team. I did not check to see that Justin Fields was my only quarterback on roster. So when I went Gabriel Davis and Ramondre Stevenson, one of those picks probably should have been a Ryan Fitzpatrick like you took. Very, very true. Definitely understand that your thought process. Yeah, just be diligent. Make sure you're paying attention to everything that's going on in your drafts um, and everything around you just so you don't have those happen. That's why we do mock drafts. So we can kind of hammer out these things right before the real thing's on. So. You want to read off your team uh, here at the end? 
Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. So at quarterback, we've got Justin Fields. My running backs, I've got Christian McCaffrey, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Damian Harris, and Ramondre Stevenson. At wide receiver, we are working with Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown, Corey Davis, Darnell Mooney, Marquez Callaway, and Gabriel Davis tight end we've got the wonderful darren waller i have no kicker the patriots defense and i grabbed zach wilson as the backup to justin fields which seems a little backwards but again i wasn't going to read off every week one matchup uh in this mock draft to just accommodate that i wanted to get things rolling so yeah i grabbed zach wilson learn from my mistake very very nice um i think going in with two quarterbacks is bold but a little bit. <laughs> I like it. I like it. it they, they've all shown flashes. Every rookie quarterback, they've shown flashes in the preseason. So if you're going to do it, this might be the year to do it. Just bang yeah. on two of them. Um, myself as well went with a rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Again, I was at the ninth pick. I have Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, Gus Edwards, A.J. Dillon as my four running backs. Receiver, I have Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith, Robbie Anderson, and Elijah Moore and Terrence Marshall. At tight end, I took Jonu Smith and Austin Hooper. I have Jason Myers as my kicker, the Browns defense, and Ryan Fitzpatrick as my last pick here to help ease any bumps in the road that might bestow upon my rookie quarterback first overall pick. So, happy with my draft um i think that there are things that i could do a little better of course but that's why we're mocking maybe maybe one of these days we'll put it up for the people to vote on and see whose draft they liked more or less i think maybe we could get into that one day definitely agree with that so um, last thing i'd say is that we are definitely going to give you all more content coming in the next few weeks here, once we get the season rolling, please keep an eye out for our Oh Boys of the Season episode coming early next week, where we are going to pick three players each that we believe are going to have great seasons that we believe in from our soul. No stats, just straight heart and straight pounding the table for our guys. So we're excited about that. Knock on wood if you're with me. (laughs) Knock on wood. And if... And once the season starts, you're going to get a couple of our shows that we were giving you last year where we go through some of our favorite matchups of the week. We speed through all the other games that come through, and uh, we talk about our own teams as well. So look forward to another season with you guys. Good luck with your mock drafts. Anything else you want to tell the people before we get out of here? Uh, Yeah, man. I mean, yo, this is our really officially our first year launching this really getting down to it so please leave us some uh, comments or anything that can help us improve the show what you guys would like to hear uh we're here for and we just want to provide you some good con with some good content throughout the year uh even outside of the football airspace so keep an eye out we've got a lot of cool stuff coming and uh please rate and review the podcast gonna said it better myself for steel i'm ziggy we'll talk to y'all later peace out Wrong side.